Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Hey, what is up? Welcome to APR, aka the Annexation of Puerto Rico. We are the new football podcast, giving you all the ins and outs of every upcoming NFL game this week. We'll be giving you all of our hot picks for both you betters and fantasy GMs. We are in week seven of this crazy 2020 NFL season that's got uh, four teams on the buys this week. We've got Indy, Miami, Minnesota, and Baltimore all hitting the bench. I am your host, Big Ball and Ben Larson, here with my buddies, Jordan, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, Let's Steady Eddie, and we got Puddles on the IR this week, so we'll see when he's back soon. Nice, man. Well... Welcome, gentlemen. I'm glad to be here. Another APR, another NFL Got season it. in the books. Last week, we're about a third of the way through the season right now. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys to open the show. I just wanted to find out, you know, what is a team that has surprised you, um, both being good and worse than you thought they were going to be in the uh, to start the year? Eddie, I'll start with you. Yeah, you know what, like. When we were talking about this earlier, it was tough for me to kind of figure out like who's been better than what I expected. I kind of feel like the season's gone majority the way it kind of should have at this point. But one team that, I mean, it's been really surprising is the Tennessee Titans. Last year, I thought they just kind of caught fire at the end of the season. They went on a run, and they actually look like they're for real. I mean, Tannehill, 1,300 yards this year with 13 touchdowns and two picks. I mean, just getting Tannehill to throw over a thousand yards, I think, is a feat all in itself. Uh, but he's taking care of the ball and he's giving it to Henry like they should. They're second in the league with 422 yards a game, with 157 yards on the ground. Now it's beneficial. Then Henry goes off for 202 yards or whatever it was last week. Uh, you know, yeah. taking stiff arms and throwing people into the third row. Uh, but. <laughs> Um, their one weakness that they do have, which I do want to see get better, is their defense. They are giving up about 402 points a game, uh, but they've been in a lot of shootouts. So I kind of see this kind of balancing out a little bit. Uh, for the rest of the year, I think they're going to end up going 12-4, and four, which, you know, should get them in the playoffs. Nice little division win. But the team that's worse, and by far the worst team, in my opinion, is the Patriots. Like, the new problem for the Patriots is they don't have a quarterback that can, like, be a Band-Aid. You know, Newton doesn't really know the system. Uh, Brady knew the system in and out. So if he got to the line and there was something he saw that didn't work out for the play, he could switch it to the perfect play every time. Now, he might not have been able to make the throw every time, 
but at least he switched it to the right play where Newton can't do that. He's running the plays that McDaniel's calling, and McDaniel's doesn't look like the play caller he once was. Um, I mean, coming up in the rest of the season, their schedule does get a little bit easier, but they lost to the Broncos, man. I can't get over this. The Broncos. <laughs> like, the, I can't even tell you three players on the Broncos defense that, you know, for this year. Like, everyone's hurt. It's a bunch of practice yep. squad players. Um, I really, I don't see them struggling for the full season. Once Cam kind of figures out the offense, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, but nine and seven probably wins the division, and that's where I'm. I think they still win the division, but uh, yeah, I just, I the Cam Newton at quarterback doesn't seem to be the answer so far this season. So you think you think New England's really going to win that division over Buffalo? Well, the way Buffalo's played the last two weeks, I I don't see why not. I mean, yeah. Buffalo's kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. They're not playing the Jets. But look how New England has played, too. I mean, they've been playing pretty bad. I mean, yeah. but they are, I mean they're one yard away from being 3-2, and two, right? I guess. And this weekend will definitely be a, you know, a, a, a good vision of what we have for the future going up against that adequate team. So Right. Yeah. I agree. What about you, Ben? What's, uh, what's some teams or a team that you – are really surprised with that they're good in a team that you know maybe you thought was going to be better yeah uh so who's good uh the pittsburgh steelers i i'm shocked um i think the biggest shock for me is big ben's knees um he told us in the <laughs> off season that like he he felt healthier than he'd ever been before um you know i called bullshit at the time but man he is he's on point um you know adding claypool in the off season was a huge uh, addition to that that dual threat with Juju, uh, their defense is ranked number one in the NFL. Uh, they've always had a good defense, but I I didn't see them being up at at the top. Um, the only categories that they aren't in the top ten are touchdowns allowed and the red zone stop percentage, which you know they're ranked twelfth, but those definitely are areas that they can they can pick up. Um, fuck, only averaging. 66 rushing yards against a game um that's that's insane uh i think pittsburgh and baltimore are going to be fighting for that division um you know i can i can see both with that you know uh you know 12 and 4 11 and 5 season so i i think whichever doesn't win the division and that is going to get that wild card for sure so who do you think wins that division Uh, if you had to make a guess uh, right now Looking at the schedules, I would I'd probably say Baltimore. Their schedule's a little bit lighter for the rest of the, the remainder yeah, of the they season. Have an easy schedule. Yeah. yeah. Um Pittsburgh's got some tough games tough games coming up, so um, you know, it's it's really gonna be a make or break kinda month of November, I think, you know, for Pittsburgh. It's crazy so. though because Pittsburgh is one of two teams that are top ten in offense and defense. Do you guys know who the other team is? In offense and defense, top 10. 10 in offense and defense. What, uh, Tampa Bay? Correct. Oh, man. That's up until this week. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that lasts. Uh, Mm. So my team for who's worse um, than I expected, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, It's a shit show out there. Um, We knew their D wasn't going to be great. But not 31st. The only team they're ahead of is Dallas's right now. Um, Cousins is garbage. 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. You know, the most interceptions in the league. 28th in QBR rating. It's it's just a joke. Uh, Thielen and Cook are having 
great years when they're healthy, or, or games, excuse me, when they're healthy. Um, they're putting up the numbers, but that can't be everything, and you can't win when you have such a garbage D and a QB who can't manage the ball, you know, let alone the play. So I think if they get another QB in there, they can, you know, pull out the season uh, maybe 500, but if they have Cousins staying in, I'm saying, you know, maybe four wins this year. I mean, I don't disagree with you with the Vikings. I definitely am shocked that the Vikings are this bad. I think a lot of it, though, has to do with injuries. I mean, you're talking about a team under Mike Zimmer that has consistently been a top-five defense, you know, and we saw, like, Anthony Barr go down. We saw a ton of injuries. Obviously, they didn't re-sign Everson Griffin. They let him walk, Um, and it's showing its toll now. Like, they don't have that depth because they have so many young guys. There was no rookie mini camps. We've mentioned this before. There was no off-season OTAs. So these guys didn't get that same kind of preparation. And Mike Zimmer's defenses are always very complex. You know what I mean? And I think that has been a big uh, part of their mishandling. Although Cousins is turning the ball over, their offense is still putting up yards. I mean, they were a dumb decision away from possibly, you know, arguably winning that game against Seattle. And they should have won another game, like Eddie said as well. So this team... I don't. I like. I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to get back to five hundred. I just think that the obstacle is too much to overcome at this point. Um, yeah. But this, is, I'm with you, dude. This is like my biggest surprise team. Like I had them winning the NFC North this year, and it's been an absolute shit show. And honestly, if you told me their offense was going to be this good to start the year, I would have been even more confident in my pick to win the NFC North. But it's their defense that's really let them down. Yep. Yeah, I just dude, there's coaching decisions though. Like the going for it on fourth down, like stop. Just stop yeah. going for it on fourth down. Like you haven't you never get it and there's such momentum changers. Like mm-hmm. the yep. game against Seattle, kick the field goal, dude, you're up eight. Like even if they score, you get one play for two yards. Like stop them, you know? Yep. Like I just it doesn't make any sense going for it all the time and the same play every time, a dive up the middle. Like I think Zimmer's kind of uh he might be overthinking things too much, maybe because he doesn't trust his defense that much this year. And that can also be like a, a telltale sign for a team. Like when your coach is going for it on fourth down and goes for it, especially on that fourth down against Seattle, when they literally could have just kicked a field goal, gone up eight, forced Seattle to drive down with no timeouts, an under two minutes to play, and they would have had to go for the two-point conversion. But he basically told his team i know russell wilson's gonna come down and score so i yep. need to get this this touchdown to close the game out then that can kind of trickle down to your team you know those are kind of like psychological things that happen throughout a season um so I, i'm definitely with you been like my biggest surprise minnesota vikings on the flip side my biggest surprise for the for a good team is i'm probably gonna say the las vegas raiders I did not see the Raiders being this this good of a this good of a team, um, you know. And this is a prove it week for them going against the the Buccaneers. You know, we said last week was a huge win, or two weeks ago was a huge win versus Kansas City. Like that's a franchise changing type win. We've seen them have these wins over the past few years with Gruden, where they they beat good teams, like they beat the Bears last year, who was a playoff team the year before. And after that win, everything just kind of fell downhill for a little bit. 
they have the they have these moments where they win big games and then they suck for three weeks. They cannot do that this year, yep. and they're going against a very good team coming off a great win at yep. home in Tampa Bay. This is a uh, you know a big game for this franchise. Like this is going to prove you know where the Raiders may be at. You know what I'm saying like yeah they they look like a playoff team right now, but this they can can make them look like a contender. Yeah, so I'm I, really looking forward to this game. I I agree, and the difference though that I do think for this year than years past is like the weapons that they actually have on offense. Like we didn't have anybody who could stretch the field last year. They didn't have anybody. Um, like um, they literally didn't. Like the receiving core was Hunter Renfro and a bunch of nobodies. Like they traded yeah. for two different receivers during the season. One they cut after like four weeks after the Kansas City game. When I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but uh, I just think the weapons that they have might be different. But you're right. They, I mean, even last year they went. Uh, I forget exactly. They were six and four. I think I can't believe who they beat the week before. But then they went and lost to the Jets on the road and the Chiefs on the road. And then they lost a third game on the road. I can't remember who they lost to, but they lost three in a row. So I agree. This is a huge game for the Raiders this week. It's pretty much going to tell the rest of the season and if this team's really improving under Gruden or not. Definitely agree. And John Gruden is actually, as the Raiders head coach, uh, this also counts like earlier in his career as well. He's six and two after a bye. Yeah, he's the only yeah. Raiders coach that's been good after a bye. Yeah. So that um, he's actually like zero and two the last two, three years or one yeah. and two the last three years. I was gonna but say probably a lot of that came with Rich Gannon, Tim Brown, and Jerry <laughs> Rice, but you know. <laughs> But I mean, those were those were talented teams that he had, and I think you're onto something. I do think that they're more talented. Their defense did look a lot better against KC, but we'll get into that a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, agreed. Um, I just want to touch on that. Also, we got some news this week, huge um, news, which is also another surprising team: three and three Miami Dolphins. They're going into a bye, and today um, we're recording this on Tuesday night. By the way, we get the news that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be replacing Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starter. Uh, what'd you guys think of that? Yeah, I, uh, I was surprised about it. Definitely, it was. Uh, it's a shock with the Dolphins where they're at. You know, three and three with. You know, Fitzpatrick has been really what's kept them in the games that they've lost and been a huge catalyst for winning those games. Um, so it's it's definitely a surprise. Um, you know, it it is what Miami was planning for at the beginning of the year. They did know that Fitzpatrick was just going to be that placeholder for Tua as he got healthy until he got to that 100% mark. So I, I did kind of know it was coming, but I I would have expected there to be a reason to put Tua in instead of just that that it's you know it's it's he's healthy enough now. Uh, he's only been on the team for a few weeks, so it's it's tough to to gain all of your knowledge and really just derail the train that they've got going on right now. Yeah, it was, it was weird timing, dude, for sure. Definitely weird timing. I think you're onto something that they could have thought like, uh, well, obviously they knew Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't going to be their quarterback of the future, but I think they looked at this week having the bye week mm -hmm. and it gives to a, you know, an extra week of preparation to be the starter to get those first team reps, you know? And I think at this point they might have thought that they were going to be a losing team. I mean, you're three and three. You're not. You're like on the fringe. So maybe Tua Tagovailoa 
does give you that extra push. I mean, he is a more dynamic quarterback. He's able to make plays on his feet. I just don't understand, like, what did they see? Did they see something in, like, that three minutes he was in in the Jets game that was like, oh, yeah, he's ready to be a starter? I mean, he plays, it's the Jets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I... So one thing that I did read this week or today um, was that um, Flores came out and said that if the season had been a normal NFL season, that Tua would have been their starter from week one. But he didn't want to put him in week one with no training camp, no off season. Um, so with that being said, the plan all along was to play Fitzpatrick up to the bye week and then replace yep. him with Tua as soon as the bye week happened. I get that that's the plan. But you're three and three on a team that has no right yes. being three and three. Like yep. at the end of the day, like you got to keep riding the hot hand. Like I would yep. love to see Fitzpatrick go somewhere and actually continue playing this season. I, I think he's been playing really great and he's actually been like the fire starter for that team. Like he's Absolutely. going and trying to lay out linebackers, trying to take hits, you know, gets the team pumped up. And now you bring it in Tua, who, yes, probably has. I mean, has way more talent. I mean, that's a given. But yep. at the same time, like, what's the team think? I don't know. Like, why would yeah. you take away that momentum? Like, two big wins, <laughs> like, the last two weeks, and they haven't been close games. They've been yep. blowouts. Um, I don't I don't get it. I mean, I get you want to get two in, but, like, sit him on the bench for the full year. Aaron Rodgers sat for five years, you know? Yep. And then he came in, and he was Aaron Rodgers. Now, two is not Aaron Rodgers. But you, that's the point I'm making, you know? Like, I don't see yeah. why... Like, as a football team, it should be the mission to make the playoffs every year. Yep, absolutely. It's not build for the future. I mean, yeah, and, I don't know. And to your point, you, it, it, Tua is unproven. Yes, he's he played his, you know, a few, what, a year and a half in college, you know, behind Jalen. So he hasn't had that long term, that long, you know, distance to really ride on being a starter. So... It's it's a questionable move, but you know it's it's not my team. So you know who, who right. am I? I? Yeah, I just you know I really just hope for like the Dolphins themselves that like Tua doesn't come in and just get like l- annihilated. Like yeah. I hope oh, he comes in and is successful because yeah. like at the end of the yeah. day they're still the Dolphins, dude. Just because you're three and three doesn't mean you're any good. Like yep. you're still the same team you were at the beginning of the year, which is not. A favorable. I mean, there's a reason why you got two in the first round, right? Yeah, exactly. We'll see. Yeah, that's facts. So we are back to Thursday night football, and as is tradition, the NFL gives us a shitty way to start out the week. We've got the <laughs> one and five Giants first, the one four and one Eagles. Jordan and I got some good insight from on the Eagles uh, from the Eagles super fan Corday Snell on Taproom last week. So let's get it going from here. Uh, Eddie, where do you see this game going? Man, it pains me that we need to talk about this one. Like, <laughs> like I hurt. My side hurts. Like Daniel Jones, bust. And I'm going to continue to say that every week until he's benched or replaced. Yep. Playing his second year, though. Don't care. Three touchdowns, six picks, dude. Yeah, no, he is a turnover machine. He's awful. He's just not good, dude. Uh, if his defense isn't scoring points, they're not scoring points. Yep. It's like yeah. the Ravens of 2002, except they don't ever win and their defense isn't that good. 
Um, I don't know. The two things that you need to know about this game to understand this game, combined record of 2-9-1, and one, <laughs> and no matter what, win or lose, they're still in the division. Yep. They could still win it. All you have to do is have a two-game winning streak somewhere in the season, and you're going to win the division. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and But the Eagles are extremely beat up, though. Ertz, Sanders, both missing these games. Plus, they got three Pro, Pro Bowl offensive linemen out, Peters, Dillard, and Brooks. Um, the Giants actually look healthy in comparison, even though Barkley is still out for the year. Um, it's going to come down to a quarterback game, and you all know how I feel about Daniel Jones. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that uh, Giants, <sighs> I can't believe they even won last week. Uh, but, yeah, I'm taking the Eagles in this game. Yeah, that was an ugly win last week. Um, and on the flip side for the Eagles, their second half against Baltimore was really good. They outscored Baltimore 28-13. to That was a two-point game. The two-point conversion was, like, one of the worst plays I've ever seen in the yep. in football history. Facts. But, um, you know, they were at least in that game, and they might build some confidence from it. They definitely are very beat up, like, without a doubt. But I still think they have enough talent to yep. – put up enough points to beat the Giants. Because, like you said, dude, the Giants, they're 32nd in offense, dude. They're dead last. They're the worst offense in football. They turn the ball over. So, you know, the Eagles are going to get a couple turnovers, you know, guaranteed. And it's, you know, whether they put points up with those. If they put 14 points up, this game could be over. Yeah. So, I like yeah. I like the Eagles here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with both you guys. The Eagles' downfall's definitely been... You know, they're they're allowing almost 30 points a game. And, you know, granted, it has been against good offenses. And, I mean, but, you know, Eddie, you're right. It's, it's Daniel Jones. You've got that on the other side. That's not going to be a problem. They're not going to be putting up 30 points. Um, you know, we, we do see the possibility of Alshon Jeffrey and uh, Jackson coming back this week. So that could give once at least, you know, one more option, maybe two. Or just a um, option. Yeah. A option, yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, we look at coming up, and the Eagles have Dallas, they've got a bye, then they've got the Giants again, and they have the Browns. So I think we're going to see, you know, a start for a turnaround with the Eagles, you know, beginning this week. Did I hear you say that right, that the Giants are the 32nd ranked offense in the league? 32nd. Yeah. In a league where have... the Jets play. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, only in three touchdowns. The Jets play. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. The Jets are thirty first in the offense, by the way. So man, they're I would, not. They're not I'd love yet. to be a fly on the wall in a New York bar right now. Yeah. <laughs> Serious. All right. Well, come on, NFL. Let's get a let's get a good Thursday night game. This one, you know, happens to be garbage. But hey, we can say that these not so primetime games are actually looking good after this dumpster uh but we're gonna break down these games you know between the three of us shying away from the games that we either all have consensus on um you know most of those are going to be boring anyways so they'll just get a mention um you know we we really like that uh back and forth we had last week so you know we're gonna we're gonna turn it up this week again but we're gonna start on one of those uh those games that we're just gonna mention because you know we got something important to talk about with this one we've got the four and one green bay packers coming up against uh a hurting houston team at one and five uh at this point green bay's got a three point um you know the, the three point favor 
We all have Green Bay taking this game by three, but we really need to discuss what happened last week in that Green Bay and Tampa Bay game. So, you know, boys, what do you what you take out of that game? Uh, I took it as the bye week blues for Green Bay. Uh, I'm not as hard on Green Bay as many some other people have been. Um, you know, the week after the bye week is always like hit or miss. So you're either going to come out mm-hmm. fresh or you're going to come out sluggish. And I just think they got that 10-point lead early. And they just kind of thought that they were going to coast to the rest the rest of the way. You know, they yep. couldn't run the ball against a defense that doesn't allow you to run the ball. And if you can't run the ball, if the, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that running game, he, he the passing game's not there. I mean, I know he has Devontae Adams, but that's kind of about it. They still don't have weapons, even though you know they're talking about making weapons out of what they have. But I'm not as hundred percent like, oh my God, sell on Green Bay. Um, I do think, though, the one glaring thing that came out of there is their defense isn't as good as everyone thought they were. Uh, Tom Brady kind of torched them all over the field. Uh, But, again, I I just see it as one bad game. I still think Green Bay is the team to beat in that division, team to beat in the NFC even. Um, But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, luckily they get to play Houston. No. I I don't know what what game you were watching, dude, but – it was on Sunday night. It was Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. No, that was on Sunday afternoon, so that that might be where we're starting. Dude, literally, t- the Buccaneers, Tom Brady wasn't torching the Green Bay Packers. He only threw for 166 yards. He was 16 of 27 for two touchdowns. They were able to run the ball, and that is what I saw from the Packers is that they have the exact same flaws as they had a year ago when they went into the NFC Championship and the Niners ran all up and down them and only threw the ball eight times. Like, Tom Brady didn't even have to throw the ball because Green Bay couldn't stop the run. Ronald Jones had 113 yards. He averaged almost five yards a carry. When you're getting five yards a carry, dude, I mean, you're not in third and long ever, so your defense can't really rush the passer at all. And that is going to be Tom Brady's best friend if they are able to run the ball. On the flip side, on the Packers' offense, they weren't able to run the ball. And this is kind of what we saw from Aaron Rodgers last year. When the Packers couldn't efficiently run the ball, they were not an effective offense, and he was not an effective quarterback. Obviously, we know a quarterback's best friend is the run game. It it makes you a much better quarterback. But this is not the Aaron Rodgers of old that could just – throw the ball 400 yards every game, you know, and just drop dimes everywhere. He needs that run game, and Tampa shut the run game down, and Aaron no, Rodgers no, was ineffective. Nah. We've been talking, like, this no, whole no, no, show no, no, about no. how Aaron Rodgers is, like, Aaron phenomenal. Aaron Rodgers has definitely been throwing the ball 400-plus yards. Yeah, and, but they've been running know, the ball, like, and, 150 yards a game. I mean, yeah, Aaron well, Jones is the number one rusher coming into this weekend. They had a bye. But Aaron Jones yeah. had, like, 180 yards in one game. Like, that's kind of going to slant the numbers over 100 there. every game, though. And is it Rodgers, the leading touchdown uh, QB right now? Like, nah, that's uh, Russ Wilson. Oh. Okay, but that but it's close there, so he's number two. But, like, you, you know, you, you talk about Green Bay's flaws last year being their defense, and, yes, that's, that's very true. Did they do anything to um, really bolster that this year? No. But they're putting up 40-plus points a game. When you put who? up 40 uh, weeks one through, what, four? I know against and, who, though. Look at who but, their but opponents when you're putting, are. But when you're putting up those... Uh, those points you don't have to 
You don't have to have that top line defense. Look at their their games last yeah, year. You don't, they were but all when you the face... ones that they lost. They were all close games. So if you're putting up forty plus points, then yeah, you don't need to like you are winning those close games. Yeah, but when you're playing bad defenses, you can put up good points. But when they play good defenses, like we saw last year against the Niners, an elite level defense. They can't win those games because they can't run the ball. And if they can't run the ball, Aaron Rodgers is ineffective. He was 16 of 35 for 160 yards. Well, two Aaron, INTs, including a pick six. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers took himself out of that game. After that, after that, uh, the, that second interception, they, I mean, they got what three first downs throughout the second half. Like it was. Uh, he, but you have to credit the defense for that. They were oh, making absolutely. him uncomfortable. Well, of course. Absolutely. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to discredit Tampa Bay's defense. They are on point. Absolutely. But Aaron Rodgers took himself out. You you saw him yelling at his teammates, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. Like he he took himself out of that game, so it doesn't surprise me that they didn't do anything that second half. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't think Green Bay's is elite as most people think they were. I thought they were the best team heading into last week. I definitely don't think they're the best team anymore, and I think they're going to struggle against other elite teams. Like if they have to face a Pittsburgh, who has a great defense, like yeah. those kind of teams are gonna are going to be able to effectively stop the Packers. Yeah, it's it's early. I think we'll see where, you know, where this loss, because this was, you know, their first loss and a big loss, a, a, you know, a loss that hurt. We'll see how they rebound off this. Yeah, yeah I, definitely think they re- Houston. I definitely think they rebound. Houston is like 28th in defense. They're last yeah. against the run. So Aaron Jones is going to be able to run the ball. Obviously, we know what happens when Green Bay is able to run the ball. So I think I like them big here, to be honest. Yeah. Three yeah points. When they're 8-1, and one, they'll be the number one team in the league again. So. <laughs> they very well could be. I mean, it depends on who they play. Like, I think I think the Bears are going to give them fits, too. The Bears are a great defense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game. We all have Green Bay in that game, obviously, uh, laying the three points on the road against Houston. The next game, we have another great NFC East matchup. We have the Andy Dalton Red (laughs) Rifle-led Dallas Cowboys, 2-4, and coming off a terrible loss at home to my Arizona Cardinals. Going into Washington, the football team, this is a pick 'em, boys. A pick them in Washington. Oh, man. Who do you have? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, gonna go get some red hair dye. I'm gonna bleach my hair red, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all Dalton all day. Uh, oh wow! Washington. I mean, when you lose Can to I the Giants, <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah, we, we, for sure. But when you lose to the Giants, though, dude, like I have no more faith in you. Um, and I don't think Zeke fumbles twice ever again. Um, which was a, I mean, when you have Dalton in there, like you're not going to have that like comeback ability. And when Zeke's your best player essentially on offense is dropping the ball twice, it kind of just shuts all momentum down. Plus, I mean, the, <laughs> we'll get into the Cardinals later, but um, to be honest, I don't think that the Washington defense is going to be able to slow down Dallas. They have way too many weapons on the outside. Amari uh, Cooper looks like he's not afraid to go over the middle. Uh, which has always been my biggest knock on him. Uh, the only thing, though, is I want to know, does Chase Young break the rookie sack record in a game? I mean, the Cardinals had three sacks last week, and that was without Chandler Jones. Um, I do lean Dallas here because Washington's just that bad. Um, 
but yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Dallas, especially at a pick 'em. I mean, they're gonna win the game. Nah. No, 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 no. I mean, yes, you're you're hundred percent right that you know Dalton has the or sorry the the Dallas has the wide receivers, the threats. But you've got Andy Dalton. He's going to throw it 20 feet above their head or like 10 feet in front of them. So uh, there's, they're not going to get the ball. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm on Washington here. I like it as a pick. I'm even better. Um, you know, I, I, granted, I think it opened at two and a half or three and a half. I would have liked to have a, a couple extra points there. Um, but, you know, the, the three things that really intrigue me about this game is, is first is Kyle Allen. Um, he's... He's only played a game in what a quarter, uh, but you know he's got a seventy, almost seventy-three percent completion rating. Uh, I think he's going to get more comfortable, and his stats are going to increase. You know, throughout these maybe next two or three games, he's no elite quarterback. Nobody is going to say that he is, but you know when you're you're playing against Dallas D, um, which is what last in the league. I mean that's that's that uh, that's easy. Um, you know when number two is Andy Dalton. Um, you know I I don't have to say anything else. Um, you know Chase Young I think is getting you know that rookie sack record. Um, and but the the reason I'm not going to bet on this game is is Zeke. Um, you know he took the blame last week for the loss. Um, you know those two those two fumbles really did hurt him and hurt the team at the start of the game to put him in a hole. Um, so, you know, that's that's why I'm not going to blame on this uh, bet on this one, but I do like Washington here. I think you guys both touched on both the main issues, which is Zeke fumbling the ball, and that is the main one I want to focus on right now is because Ezekiel Elliott is the main focal point. And another thing Eddie alluded to is that Andy Dalton is not going to be that quarterback to lead you when you're down. And I think that is the perfect formula. Last week against Arizona, they had those two fumbles. They were down 14 nothing very quick. They couldn't really play that kind of style of football, which is just smash them. I mean, their defense wasn't even that bad against Arizona. It's just they had such short fields that, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you have a 24-yard touchdown drive. And I think the other one was like 17 yards. Yep. So When they give up 60 and 80-yard bombs. <laughs> well, the game was kind of out of hand. But... Washington is 26th against the run, so Dallas is going to be able to move the ball on the ground. If they can get an early lead, they can. I think they can do enough because I don't think Washington can score enough. Kyle Allen sucks, dude. He's just as bad as Daniel Jones at turning the ball over. He has 14 fumbles in 15 games, and only three have been recovered by his team. So I definitely like Dallas here at a pick em. I think this may be a best bet, to be honest. Did you guys see that fumble he had last week where, like, Washington was about to take the lead and win the game, and he just, like... Bro, he does that all the time, dude. He did that it's all just, year with Carolina. I know. It's incredible. It's funny. As soon as he did it, I just thought of you. That's all you talk about. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm telling you, he fumbles all the fucking time, dude. 14 <laughs> fumbles in 15 games. That's, like, got to be a record. Either that or Daniel Jones has it. One of them has it. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next game. Oh shit! I'm I'm on this one. All right, um, we got one of my favorite games of the week. Uh, you know, it's a, a four and two Buffalo team versus an zero and five going on zero and sixteen New York Jets. Um, we've got a thirteen and a half point spread right here. Um, you know, normally we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't bet on 
you know, a 13 and a half point favor here, but it's it's the Jets, so we're all going to be taking this one. Um, anything you guys have about this this game? Yes. Yeah. Let me just say it real quick. The Jets are 0-6 against the spread this year, so at this point, it's just auto-fade until the books yeah. adjust to catching what that line needs to be for them. I definitely think the Jets, plus, I mean, uh, the Buffalo Bills minus 13.5, fade the Jets, 0-6 ATS, yes. I just wanted to congratulate the Buffalo Bills on being five and two. Yep, you got it. <laughs> All like right, you. so let's get let's get into a game that uh, that's kind of intriguing. It's going to be a, a good game, I think, with the Saints uh, hosting the Panthers. Saints giving seven and a half to Carolina. Um, the one thing that is going to be interesting is Saints are getting a little healthier. Uh, Michael Thomas should be back as long as he doesn't get in a fight again during practice this week. Um, And Emmanuel Sanders kind of looks like he's figuring out the offense a little bit. 12 receptions last week, given he was kind of the only weapon. Uh, But I think with Sanders and Thomas kind of coming back, it's going to open up things for Cook. It's going to open up uh, Kamara even more than what he already has. The running lanes are going to be open. He's going to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, Still no McCaffrey. Um, Rule came out and said he might be available this week. He might be available next week. He might be available the week after. So I don't even think he knows. Um, but uh, what do you what are you guys thinking on this game here? I I like Carolina here, man. They're they're four and two against the spread. Um, this is a division game. You know, Carolina's three and three, so they're not out of it. I definitely think the Saints are the better team. I like the Saints to win the game, um, but I just think Carolina's going to do enough to uh, to be able to cover the the spread. They're 11th in passing in New Orleans. That's like their weakness of their defense. They're like 16th against the pass. So I think Carolina is going to do enough to at least, you know, stay within seven and a half in this game. If this game moves below seven, though, I I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely think New Orleans is taking this one, you know, especially because they're coming off the bye. And and who needs that the most is old man Breeze. So he got to, to rest those joints and... You know, they've they've had two weeks to prepare for Carolina and I'm I know that they're well I don't know, but I'm I'm sure that they probably have a plan whether McCaffrey comes back or he doesn't come out back. So, you know, they've they've got the time on their hands. Um, you know, I think Michael Thomas, he's gonna be, you know, more than healthy with the bye and then the benching. So, you know, I think he has a big game. Uh Kamara wasn't great last week, so I think he has a, a bounce back and you know, the Carolina team is, you know, the one that, that they can do it against. Matt Rule has done a great job as head coach. That's That was Agreed. another surprise we could have touched on. But, yeah. I mean, I thought Carolina was going to be like a one-win team this year. And here they are, 3-3 three and three in the yeah. fight for a division. So yeah, Bridgewater does his win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we got two teams next that aren't in the fight for the division. We've got the 2-3 and three uh, Detroit Lions going up against the one and five Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know they could they could be one of those surprises of the season that uh, you know didn't quite turn out. Uh, Atlanta does have the two and a half point favor here. Uh, you know I'm I'm pretty sure we're all on Atlanta. You know with Matt Ryan's performance last week. Um, you know he he really you know showed his owner what was up. I I loved it. But um, I, just, I I just hope Atlanta wins the game and then Detroit fires Matt Patricia. There we go. There we go. Atlanta's the best worst team in football. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, they could easily be like three and four right now, or 
what is it, three and two right now. Yeah. Or three and three. I mean, they're like a couple wins away from being a decent team. Anyways, let's move on to the next game. This is a good one. This is a Battle of Venice mm-hmm. NFC West opponents. Um, Seattle's 5-0 and coming off a bye week against Arizona in Arizona. Arizona's a three-and-a-half point underdog right now. Who do y'all like in this one? I, I think uh, this is tough. Go for it. I, I agree I, completely. I, I got to think, so go for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you, new, But I do think that Seattle gets their first L this week. Uh, division games, as like this is one thing I forgot about coming into the year, man. Like Division games are tough. Like, you know the other team, like, the back of your hand, right? So, like, the normal stats and the normal ins and outs, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, we saw the Chargers almost beat the Chiefs. It's, like, a prime example of, like, division games just being a toss-up. But I do think that the Cardinals are going to do enough to outscore the Seahawks. Uh, I mean, Kyler, he loves to stretch the ball down the field, and Seattle can't cover anybody past 20 yards. So uh, the only thing he's got to do, he's got to be more efficient. If he's more efficient, then I don't see any way Seattle stops him. They can't. You can't put a spy on him if you're stretching the field. You can't. You know, it looks like Drake kind of got something going last week, given it was like a 60-yard run at the end of the game that meant nothing. But I'm sure it made a lot of fantasy owners happy. Um, I definitely think this is going to be the shootout of the week. Um, no, neither side could play defense. Um, I'm talking like 400 yards each team. Um, if you need a fantasy pickup, Christian Kirk is available in almost every league, and I think he's going to be <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, last week he had two touchdowns on two catches, right? So um, it just looks like they're trying to get him the ball more. He's got that rapport with Murray from last year. Uh, I know it's going to make Jordan happy, but I'm taking Arizona, not just the points, but on the money line. Normally, I would be happy, but every time you make a pick like that. <laughs> that's why I'm picking the Chiefs like that every do? week. And yeah, I'm I'm going to lean Seattle here, and this is really tough because I do like the Cardinals, and I really fucking hate the Seagulls. Um, but I think Seattle takes it. Both the are playing like trash, like you said, Eddie. Um, but I think if Jamal Adams comes back, we've you know we've seen him take a rest with you know, very minimal practice over these two weeks that they've had a, a bye. You know, that I think that sways me to Seattle even more. Um, you know, that, that puts me on the offense. Kyler and DeAndre definitely cover that Russian pass threat. But, I mean, on the other side, then you have Russ Wilson making magic on every single drive, uh, you know, especially with that speed of Metcalf and Lockett. So I, I just think that they're going to be – uh, putting up big play after big play after big play after or against Arizona because both of those players can drive the field and, and go the distance. Um, you know, I, I know in the past we've talked about Kyler having issues in the pocket, and I think we're going to see that against Seattle's run defense. I, I mean, they, they were, they're only allowing 100 yards a game, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's tough. No, a hundred and well, when your defense is giving game, up five hundred yards a game, one hundred is not that bad. <laughs> That's not bad at Seattle all. Seattle is twenty six in defense. They're twenty ninth against the pass. Uh, I like Arizona here because of those things. I think that Arizona's defense is actually twelfth right now. I know going against Dallas and what they did against Dallas last week has a huge effect. But I mean, going into last week, Dallas was a top three offense. With Dak Prescott. Um, with Dak, I know. I know with Dak. But, you know, Arizona did, like, I talked about it last night, dude. They actually looked like a decent defense 
where they haven't been. I mean, they got shredded by uh, Teddy Bridgewater earlier. So I agree with you, Eddie. I think this is going to be a shootout here. Um, Arizona 6-3-1 in the last 10 games against the spread versus Seattle, including a W last year at the end of the year when Seattle was 12-2. Arizona went in there. Kenyon Drake ran the ball all over them. Seattle's defense is worse. Even with Jamal Adams, they're not good against the pass. They are better against the run with Jamal Adams, but they're not good against the pass. I think Kyler presents a lot of different problems. He showed it last week against Dallas. Even though he wasn't efficient throwing the ball, you still have to worry about him getting outside of the pocket and making plays with his feet. The dude is incredible once he gets into open space. Um, And Seattle this year, five of their six games have been one-score games. I like Arizona in the division rivalry here, catching the three-and-a-half points. I also got to to ask you, what are you talking about? They're fourth in rush yards allowed. That's well, yeah, but I'm talking overall so, defense. So how is a hundred yards uh, a lot when they're ranked fourth <laughs> in rushing yards allowed? But I mean, I mean, giving up a hundred uh, yards on the ground is is a lot. I mean, they're they're no, it's not. Give yeah, me a break. A hundred. If you I get a hundred yards rushing a game, that's what you want as a team. So maybe the league sucks at fucking stopping the run if that's the case. But Seattle, Seattle, dude, they've been in in shootouts all year pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like their defense isn't Man. that good. So and they don't they can't rush the passer. They're last in sacks. So they can't get after the quarterback. And I think that could be a problem because if you can't get after Kyler, he's just gonna be able to move around wherever he wants to do. Yeah. You know I mean? So I have a question. Could this be? One of, I, I mean, it could have already happened in NFL history. I'm not 100% sure. Where two starting quarterbacks rush for 100 yards? Shoot, I don't know. That's a good question. This could be one of those games, though, for sure. I'm, no. I'm sure it's happened before, but I'm it's, sure it it's has, rare. But. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we're going to move from a very exciting game to uh, – Oh God, I don't want to talk about it, but we have to because we talk about them all. Cleveland and Cincinnati. We got Cincinnati uh, hosting Cleveland. Cleveland laid an absolute egg last week against uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Cincinnati's only getting three points because of that horrific display that we saw that I was so excited to watch. Um, uh, but I think we're all going to kind of go on the, uh, the Browns here. They're going to have a bounce back. It's the Bengals. Um, the offense is going to be able to feast on a bad defense. It's kind of their mo. Uh, so, you guys on board with that? Yeah, I'm put your money on, on this one. Agreed. Cleveland's only two losses are against two of the two best defenses in the league. Yep. yep. Who happen to also sure. play in their division? <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. That's a yeah. It's a tough break. All right, next game we got another barn burner here. We have the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars in. Gardner Minshew mania heading into Los Angeles, and it still trips me out every time I see Los Angeles Chargers. I always want to say San Diego, uh, but here they are. The Chargers are laying seven and a half points on this game. Uh, Justin Herbert, he's looked good. What, what do you guys think of this game? Yeah, I think it's funny that a combined two and nine record, and it's a seven and a half point spread. That just kind of speaks volumes to how bad Jacksonville is. Um, <laughs> I mean, this one's simple for me. Herbert's looking really good, and Jacksonville's two and three against the spread this year. So that's all the information for me I need to know. Um, 
you know, Vegas has this game as like a 29 to 20 Chargers win with the over-under being at 49. Uh, I think you can double dip this on parlays. You can go with the uh, Chargers and you could take the under here. Um, I don't see a ton of scoring because the Chargers just find a way to keep games close, and t- you know, till the end. But, um, yeah, the talent on the field is going to be evident. And I'm going to go with the Chargers here, seven and a half Eddie, and the under. Did you just say that the Chargers always find ways to keep the game close? Yep, I was thinking that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you like the Chargers but, but this is Jacksonville. This is different. This is like I'm almost putting the Jacksonville in the same category as the Jets. Like, I, mean, I don't know about that. I mean, Jacksonville's still been able to move the ball. Their offensive has been decent. They just, they're just not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think the Chargers are by the looks of their record because they've found ways to lose games. And so right. because of that, I think Jacksonville can hang in there by at least a touchdown. So if you're giving me more than a touchdown, even though it's half a point, I'm still taking those points in this game. Yep, I am right there with you. I like, I like the Chargers winning this, but I don't think – that I can put enough confidence that they're going to win by more than a touchdown here. Uh, you know, Herbert has looked good. Keenan Allen has looked good. But, you know, that's that's about it with their injuries. Um, you know, Minshew is no magician, and I fucking hate magic, but he's also <laughs> been no slouch too. So, you know, uh, he's still got 11 touchdowns, uh, 1,682 yards. You know, it's, it's definitely middle of the pack, but... You know, I, I maybe say Chargers by six or seven here. So if that line drops, then then I take it. Yeah. Yeah, I just think this game gets I think this game gets ugly early, dude. I don't see how they stop Williams or Allen on the outside. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Seven and a half though, I gotta take it. Yeah. That's 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 my hold up right there too. Uh, but we got uh what two more games on the docket for our not not so prime times um this one this one holds a little place in my heart uh we got the san francisco 49ers at three and three going against the new england patriots at two and three vegas has given us a uh two and a half point underdog here so uh, that that you know that looks good for me but uh what do you guys have on this game I lean Niners here right now. I don't necessarily love it, but I lean it. I think that the Niners are, they found a formula with Jimmy G where they can, if they can run the ball efficiently and they're able to really run the ball against everybody. The Rams have a great run defense. They were able to run the ball against the Rams. Um, and they, de- the Rams definitely have a better run defense in New England. Uh, I did not like what I saw from New England against Denver. I definitely think the Niners, even though they're beat up, they have a better defense than the than the Denver Broncos. So right now, I if I, if you had to make me pick, I would take San Francisco my uh, plus two and a half in this game. Yeah, let's not be fooled by the Niners' performance last week. Uh, they. Got hot early, put up 21 points in the first half, and managed to put up three in the second half. Now, the Rams do have the best second-half defense in the NFL, sure. But also, you have a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast. Uh, We know just in the past that's never been a recipe for success. Um, And Mozart's out. So, Mozart being out, uh, we all know that uh, Belichick's going to plan to get Kittle out of the game. Uh, Who do they go to then? Debo Samuel, maybe? 
had a good game last week, but that involves Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's why I'm picking the Bron- or the uh, Patriots, because Garoppolo has to throw the ball, and that is a recipe for disaster. Uh, this, this is Jimmy G revenge game against This uh, is Belichick, Belichick proving that he was correct in trading Jimmy G. You could be oh, right. Man. I just, dude, the Rams, though, even though they, the Niners didn't score that much in the second half, they didn't have to because they were shutting the Rams down. The Rams couldn't do anything. Cup dropped the ball in the end zone. The Rams were moving on that second half. They just made too many mistakes. I think the Rams should have won that game. Should have, would have, could have. I should have right. been seven feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I... I, I don't think you can say that the Niners win against the Rams was not legit. Um, I I also love everyone, and I, I think I may have heard it from you guys once or twice, uh, say that Bill Belichick doesn't lose two games in a row. He did but this we're year. In, we're in 2020, bitches. Like, 2020 <laughs> is a bitch. Like, <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, you have to remember that, that – um, the Patriots are missing what five starters who opted out on just on their defense alone at the beginning of the year. Um, you know that that still is a gaping hole. Um, you know Jimmy's not as garbage as you say. He's definitely not as good as the Niners portray him and Niners fan portrays him. But um, he's pretty. Bad, you know, uh, look at look at last week. The the Patriots only put put 288 yards and 12 points against a banged up D in Denver. And yes, the Niners D is banged up, but it's it's, you know, maybe equitable if not less banged up than than Denver. So, I see these struggles struggles continue and, you know, Bill Belichick may get that third loss in a row. Dude, could you imagine if Fitzpatrick got traded to the Niners? Just saying. I, it could happen. Just saying. I'd love that to see it. That would be wild. I'd love yeah. to see it. That would it. be wild. I think you guys both made uh, good points. Eddie, you made a couple good points about um, about Belichick, you know, being able to being able to kind of like take Kittle out of the game, and that might, that might cause some issues for San Francisco. Um, however, I think Ben hit the nail on the head. I think that the Niners, I don't think Jimmy G's, that bad that he isn't going to be able to make a couple throws that new england patriots defense 15th in the league so they're like bottom half niners are top 10 against the run bro yeah so the patriots aren't going to be able to run the ball like they couldn't against denver yeah yeah but the niners struggle against mobile quarterbacks i mean we've seen that you know for and, even last year though yeah, even yeah, last year their losses came Cam against hasn't mobile quarterbacks proven it to me this year but the mobile quarterbacks they, they struggle against is like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, like dudes True. that are able to drop dimes while on their run. So, I mean, I don't see Cam being that big of an issue. Yeah, well, looks like, well, uh, that's why they play the games, right? Uh, yes. So, last game of the not-so-prime-time games, we have another division game. We got uh, – Five and one Kansas City Chiefs heading into Denver. Uh, Denver getting ten points at home. Um, you know, the Chiefs played uh, extremely well in bad weather conditions. Got that win against Buffalo. Uh, what are you guys thinking? Uh, we're going to see here this week. I mean, what is the weather report? Do we know? I don't know yet. But it's de- it doesn't matter. I mean, give. Yeah. I'm going to take the ten points. I'm going to run with this. 
Denver was able to uh, beat New England last week, and I didn't think that was possible. Off of field goals, man. <laughs> hey, but their defense, dude, their, their defense held up. Kansas City, much better offense, without a doubt, than yeah. New England. However, I think that Denver will be able to do enough to at least stay within 10 points. I could be absolutely wrong, though. I mean, they're 0-6 against the spread in the last six games against Kansas City. So, uh, you know, 10 points just seems a lot in Denver at that altitude. Division game as well. And, you know, the last 10 meetings between these two, they've all been within eight points. So uh, give me the 10 points. See, I'm I'm taking Kansas City here by ten. I mean, Denver couldn't even score a touchdown last week. Um, you know what what is going to change this week? Uh, I mean, they. I'd say Kansas City D is you know up to that par with the way New England's been playing, if not better this year. Um, you know, yes, Denver's defense showed up last week, but I mean, we're we're talking Mahomes here. Um, you know, I, I really do like this Le'Veon Bell signing, I think, with Clyde Edward-Hilaire um, and an agile mobile quarterback. You know, that's it's you know that, that's the Triforce back there, and, you know, that's the best rushing Triforce that we got in the league. So I, I think 10 points is easy on this one. Yeah, I mean, Le'Veon Bell, you brought up Le'Veon Bell, and we all know what Andy Reid can do with a dual-threat running back. And if you need a little reminder... Let's go take a trip down memory lane, shall we? So you had Kareem Hunt in 2017, 1,782 total yards and 11 touchdowns as a rookie. 2007. Did he even play the whole season? Um, I don't believe he started every game. That The year after is when he got suspended. Yeah. Um, but 2007, you got Brian Westbrook when he was in Philly. 2,104 all-purpose yards and 12 touchdowns. And one more just because, you know, three is always the best. Uh, we got LaShawn McCoy, who in 2013 had a ridiculous 2,246 yards and 11 touchdowns. Now bring in Le'Veon Bell, who can do everything those other guys were able to do, maybe even a little better. Yep. And it's just going to be insane to see him have 1,200 all-purpose yards in 10 games. Maybe. I, I 28, dude. Dude, That's he, he hasn't he hasn't right? really played in like two years, so those those legs are fresh, dude. <laughs> like he didn't, you know. Hey, I hope you're right because that would be something to see. Yeah, because I just think the Chiefs. I mean, they one thing I saw that they did also last week, which was a lot better, is they stuck to the game plan. Obviously, running yeah. the ball was working. They didn't try to force the pass. They just kept running it. You know, the Bills couldn't stop them, stop the run game, so they just kept rolling with it. You know, I don't games, think the Chiefs will be able to run against Denver like that, though, because Denver no. is still good against a run. I agree. And I think that Denver, the only way Denver's really going to have a legitimate chance is they got to take a play, uh, play out of the Raiders uh, Chiefs game. They got to air the ball out. They're going to have yeah. to go downfield. Um, so, but I don't trust Drew Locke to throw a good deep though, ball. Because on the flip yep. side of that, like, the Raiders were able to do that against the Chiefs, but that's also the Bills' strength this year is Josh Allen throwing deep to Stephon Diggs, and they weren't able to they, – they didn't even complete a 15-plus-yard pass until the fourth quarter when the Chiefs Yeah, I think the breathing. weather had something to do with that, though, dude. That it weather – It definitely could have. You know, because I saw a lot of overthrows early, and I don't – I mean, even the Chiefs didn't throw the ball, you know? So, yeah. um, I'm going to be riding Kansas City here, giving the 10. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is probably not going to have a huge role, but it's going to be interesting to see how that breaks down in the future. Um, all right. So, finally, 
got through all those <sighs> not so Thank good, God. not so important games. Games that just all fill your Sunday. Well, I don't think the Giants and the Eagles is too important. <laughs> or the uh, Cincy in the Battle of Ohio. <laughs> right. Our best so, bets usually come from those games, though. Yeah, that's that's true. true. And I'm, like, awful, so we're just going to not talk about it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but before we move on to the games that we all want to see, the primetime games, let's take a little break and have a word from one of our sponsors. Do you like sports? Yeah. Do you like beer? Well, the perfect podcast exists for you. Tune in every Monday as I, Jordan, stacks on stacks on stacks, lats. And me, Big Ball and Ben Larson, as we recap the weekend sports, preview upcoming games, and review quality craft brews on the Taproom Sports Podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast fix. Visit taproomsportspodcast.com for more info. All right, so now that we're back, we got Pittsburgh 5-0 and going into Tennessee also 5-0. and uh, Tennessee look like world beaters. Uh, they've been playing extremely well. This is definitely the game of the week for me. Uh, ben, uh, what are you thinking here? Yeah, this is, this is going to be a fun game. And everybody, 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern, watch this game this is gonna be fun um you know it's it's the first time i think either of these teams really see a contender yes tennessee had that w over buffalo but man the bills looked like the bills of 2000s back then um you know so i i mean i really like how big ben has been playing the addition of Claypool has really opened things up for that deep ball. You know, if it's not going to him, then, you know, you've got that speed in Juju as well. So um, I, I think that really gives both of those receivers, you know, high points, both in the fantasy and, you know, with those those touchdown numbers. Um, Derrick Henry is a beast. We can't, we can't forget about that. Um, but, I mean, Pittsburgh's D that they're number one in, in, you know, rushing guard yards against, and, you know, that's at, at 66. So I don't think we'll see another 212 yard game out of Derrick Henry, but I, I do think that Pittsburgh D number is going to go up a little bit. I, I think we'll probably get close to that 130, 140 mark. Um, but I like Pittsburgh here. Yeah. I lean Pittsburgh, uh, as of right now, my only thing is, my only concern is, is that you guys kind of talked about it. Pittsburgh hasn't really played anybody. You know, their wins came against Cleveland, Philadelphia, Houston, Denver, New York Giants. Yep. I mean, you're talking like dog shit teams for most of those. Um, and Cleveland, like, did we learn more about Pittsburgh against that, in that Cleveland game? Or did we learn more about Cleveland, you know? So I think this is kind of a very a question mark game uh, for the Steelers because we don't really know how good the Steelers are. Like, yes, they're good, dude. You don't go 5-0 and without being a good football team. Um, and we do know their defense is good because their defense was great last year. They let them do an 8-8 eight and eight record with, you know, bums at quarterback. Yep. Uh, Maga Rudolph and... Who's the other guy they had? Some other dude. <laughs> Maga Rudolph. <laughs> they had, like, some guy named Duck or something, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a question mark game. So it's tough for me to really say, like, yeah, the Steelers are a much better team because I don't know that because of who they yep. played. But on the flip side, the Titans haven't really played anybody either. Yep. Um, you know, we thought that Bills win was really good. 
in the Bills, yeah, they lost to the Chiefs as well. So these are kind of two teams that are 5-0, and so they're good teams. We just don't know how good they are. And I think this game is going to prove a lot to us. Um, so I'm really, I'm really excited to watch this game. It's going to be a, a great game. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh absolutely annihilated Baker Mayfield. Like, not just <laughs> annihilated the Browns, but, dude, just, what I mean, was Mayfield hurt? Sure, his ribs were damaged, That's, but not his not his eyes. That pick yeah. to Fitzpatrick was awful, which I said that was going to happen, something to watch on last week's episode. Um, but it was easy. Like, he didn't move, and he threw it right to him. Um, yeah. The Steelers have really been taking advantage of all the mistakes teams are making against them. I will say that Claypool is – the legit number one that Pittsburgh needed. Juju is not a number yep. one. I think we've kind kind of come to realize that over the last couple of years. Uh, ever since uh, Antonio Sideshow Brown left the uh, Steelers, he really <laughs> hasn't been the same receiver. But him being a number two, he could be the best number two in the NFL. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's defense only allowing 18 points a game. Um, but the teams, like you mentioned before, they're – teams that they're playing they haven't been very you know the offenses haven't been good uh, the one thing uh is too that mike tomlin chokes in big games man like he doesn't i don't i don't really rem- i can't think off the top of my head a game where like like oh mike tomlin won a big game against so-and-so in this situation uh um, i mean he's been to two super bowls bro right but, but it's mean, been a while it's been a long time and two like they were the best team in the nfl both those years and he only won one of them um I think, though, the real key to this game is going to be two things. A.J. Brown for Tennessee. I don't think anyone could stop him. And I'm not talking about just Pittsburgh. I'm talking about the league. The dude's big, fast, strong, catches everything. I'm a huge fan of A.J. Brown. And I think that Devin Bush being out after tearing that ACL last week is going to be the difference maker. Oh, um, that is a huge loss, dude. Yeah, with Devin Bush in there, I don't think Henry like gets loose. You know, he's Bush is strong, fast. He can get him down. Like he won't be, like I said earlier, stiff arming guys into the third row. You know, uh, but with Bush out, I just don't see anybody that can really consistently bring Henry to the ground. Because the thing with Henry is he's just so big, right? Big, strong, fast. He wears you know, a defense Pittsburgh, down, dude. Like, I don't know what it is, dude. But that organization, like, they just like have linebackers dude like linebackers just grow on trees from that organization <laughs> bro like yeah, yeah they lose devin bush but they lost uh they lost uh what was his name a couple of years ago shazier and he was one of the best yeah, but they players draft, in the league and, and they, they drafted bush to replace him and now and now bush is out like i don't know i just don't but, i mean even without shazier they were a top defense still that year uh, I don't know about Pittsburgh being a top defense, dude. I think they yeah, won man, a lot like of games with that offense. Defense, defense. Yeah. Mm, I have to look into that. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> but overall, for this game here, I love the Titans. I really think the Titans are gonna they're gonna win this game. I think Pittsburgh gets their first loss, but I don't think it's like I a blowout. I think blow you out. have personal reasons why you're taking the Titans. <laughs> I don't. I think it has nothing to do Titans. with <laughs> the fact that if the Steelers win. That I have to hear about it all week from my wife's side of the family <laughs> has nothing to do with that. I love them all very, very much, but hey, I do want to well, see them upset maybe for a day or two. Hey, and and let's make that feeling even better when we talk about this Sunday night football game 
that you could get the W and make them feel <laughs> even worse. Because <laughs> we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Raiders Sunday night. Raiders are 3-2 and two coming off that bye. Tampa Bay's 4-2 coming off that big win. I mean, Eddie, you're our, our Raiders guru. Do you think the Raiders have enough to beat Tampa Bay? All right, boys. I'm going to go ahead and handle this one. Go ahead and drink your water. Have a snack. It's going to be a minute. Okay. I'm gonna take a nap. I didn't get to talk about the Raiders last week, right? Because they were on a bye. So, I, you know, I bit my tongue. And I didn't talk about how phenomenal that game was against the Chiefs. But as a Raider fan, going into this game, win, lose, or draw, the one thing I want to see is Brady on the ground. A lot. Yep. Right? This, we talked about this before, about Gruden going to New England and being like a redemption game type thing. I think more of the redemption has to be on Brady. Because Brady knows he fumbled. He knows it. <laughs> he may never admit it, but he knows that it was We're a going fumble. back, huh? Dude, it was a perfect hit by Charles Woodson. <laughs> Greatest DB of all time. You gotta but let that go, bro. It's been like 20 yeah. never. years. Never. Dude. I will never let dude. I've never oh, cried at a sporting man. event. Oh, my God. Anyways... But the other reason I am actually legitimately excited going back to this game is that this is going to be the toughest test the Raiders' offense is going to have to face. We've already talked about how good Tampa Bay's defense is, the best run game, run defense in the league. Josh Jacobs, he's kind of been in a little sophomore slump this year. He's only averaging 3.6 yards a game or a carry, um, and the defense just gets tougher going against Tampa. Um, they only like last year. Or last year, last week, Tampa only uh, gave up 201 yards to the Packers, who we all thought was like the best offense in the league, right? Um, so this is going to be a true test for this offense. Will Gruden be able to outscheme them? Um, they just have a lot of weapons. I mean, if you stop the running game, then you got to stop Carr. If you if you can stop uh, Waller, then you got to worry about rugs over the top. And if it's third down, it's going to be third and Renfro, and he's just going to get open and make a big play. Um, the other thing that's going to help them is that literally they have the biggest offensive line in football. Trent Brown literally gets paid a dollar for every pound he is, and that's why he's a $66 million man. The dude's huge, and I don't think Tampa is going to be able to get around him. Yeah, think hey, about Jordan, that for how's, a how's it going over there? Uh, I'm good, <laughs> I haven't man. talked I'm to you in an hour. I got more. I'm enjoying this analysis right now. If you guys can see this, <laughs> my face is bright red. I'm so, actually entertained by So this. Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is going to be a game changer. They raised a 3 and 0 with him on the field, 0 and 2 without him. Even he only caught caught two balls last week against Kansas City but could have easily been the MVP. He had the spark that turned the game around, gave him the lead with the huge like 80-yard touchdown bomb. Uh, just having him on the field stretches it out. Waller gets open, you know, like everybody else gets open and Brian Edwards could be back this week, which is huge. Um definitely think the Raiders are going to win this game. Obviously, I think the Raiders are going to win every game. But I legitimately think <laughs> that they are going to win this game. But I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think it's going to be your typical Raiders no defense shootout. The Raiders did play well. Um, I think a low-scoring game, like 2017, that's going to be my score. And uh, I'll allow you guys to speak now. Man, Jordan, I should have passed it off to you first, man. You should have. What do you what do you think about this? I'm one? sweating. I need to take my sweatshirt off. Uh, I mean, I got I'm, I'm still taking in that that comedy show that Eddie just put on for us. 
<laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> now that was a that was a solid analysis. I think I'm I'm like on the fence with this one because like a like the Pittsburgh game, you know, this Raiders game, you know, they really have to prove to us what Raiders team we're gonna see. Like, are we gonna see the Raiders team versus Kansas City? Or are we gonna see the Raiders team versus New England? And I think that's kind of the biggest question mark. Like, can they string together two good wins? They are coming off the bye. So they were able to uh, really dial it up even more. And I think if they're able to get after the quarterback, which they were able they were able to make Mahomes uncomfortable, um, you know, in that game against him. If, you know, Brady is not Mahomes. So if you're able to make Brady uncomfortable and the, and the Bears showed this, you know, you get to the quarterback and Brady is not very good. And then you stop the run and they're not very good at all. I definitely think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Tampa, I think all their games that they win are going to be very defensive-oriented. They shut down the Packers last week. Um, you know, they got to shut down Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think that's the biggest key for the Raiders. If they get Jacobs going, I think they win this game. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm looking at this a little bit differently than you guys, and this is uh, this is not my normal joke against Brady, but I, I think it comes down to which team is still awake enough to play the night game. Um, <laughs> you know, it, like, it it's... It's like facts. Like, they're are they going to be ready? They're normally playing that early game. Are they going to be ready to play the late game here? Um, are they still going to have that energy at the end of the day? You know, we look at last week. You know, Green Bay does allow a lot of points in you know in their game because they don't have that great of a defense. And I think if we see the Raiders come out and play like they did against Kansas City, then you know they're only going to allow maybe 21, maybe 27 points here. Um, you know, I'll, I'll pop it in the middle at 24. Uh, but, you know, the Raiders have had two weeks to prepare for Brady, and they've played Brady a lot. Um, so I, I think, you know, the the Raiders have an edge here. I don't know if I'm betting on this one, though. I appreciate you guys understanding what's going to happen this Sunday. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I don't know which way to go on this game, man. This is two teams where I don't know where either of these teams are at. They could be very good teams. They could be good teams. They could be not so good teams. Um, I think we've seen Tampa's weakness. If the Raiders can exploit that weakness, which they were able to do against Mahomes, who's a better quarterback, I definitely think this could be problems for Tampa Bay all night. And they they did the same thing to Drew Brees, too, when they played Brees that Monday night game in, in uh uh, for the home opener, like Breeze and Brady are like two of the same at this point in their careers, dude. They're just like game managers, the elite game managers. But yeah, man, this could this could go either way, dude. I I don't know who to take on this one. To be honest, yeah. if you if I had to pick right now, I lean Raiders with three points at home. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, let's head into another. Great Monday Night Football game. We got the first place NFC North, <laughs> Chicago Bears five and one, five and a half point underdogs against the Los Angeles Rams at home. Monday Night Football coming off a loss against the San Francisco Forty ers Who do y'all got in this one? And that five and a half points is uh, that's surprising to me with the way that the Rams played last week. Um, you know, but I mean, I'm 
I don't trust Foles enough. Um, 59% completion rating, 55.6 QBR. Um, I mean, all their W's are against sub-500 teams, uh, except for Tampa Bay. They did sneak that one out, but that was only by a point. Um, the Rams got embarrassed last week, um, so I really do expect him to bring it here. Um you know, uh, Donald is taking a lot of criticism for not being a team player and only going after his sack numbers. So I think there's going to be a major fire under his ass. And I think Foles is going to spend a lot of time on the ground, Uh, (laughs) whether it's, it's Donald or, you know, him helping out his teammates, you know, with that one. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't necessarily trust the bears either. Um, but I don't see a lot of scoring happening in this game, right? Uh, Jared yeah. Goff, captain checkdown. Like last week, he was afraid to kind of push the ball down the field against that uh, Niners defense, which didn't make much sense to me because that had to be the game plan going into it. But um, he's kind of reverted back a little bit to what he did last year. I'm not really a fan of what I saw last week. Um, and the Bears' defense is solid. Like they've, they've, the Bears always yeah, have a good true. defense. There, and I think that it's going to come down to mistakes. Uh, Foles really doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Like, and even the ones he does, I don't ever feel like they cost his team anything. Like they're just kind of, you know, if he throws a pick, they seem to get the ball back on defense. Um, it's going to be exciting to watch the defensive lines. You got technically the two best defensive line in, in the NFL. If we were talking like two years ago, right, with Donald and Mac, uh, Mac seems to be playing well. Uh, he's playing better than he has been all year. Um, I just because they're getting five and a half, I'm probably going to go with the Bears here. Uh, I don't feel good about it. I wouldn't put a dollar on this game, but uh, yep. for picking a team and having a bet here, I think. Uh, the Bears plus five and a half is where I'd lean. Yeah, I like the Bears plus five and a half here as well. Um, these two teams have faced off the last two years, um, or the last three years, and the Bears are two and one against the spread against the Rams with an average margin of victory by six points. So they average six more points in those three games. I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. You got two of the top 10 defenses. And you have two average offenses. So I think this one could be an ugly, uh, you know, like 17 to 14, 20 to 14 type game, which is what they tend to usually play. I do like the defense I've seen from the Bears. I like what they did against Tampa Bay. If they're able to do that, there's no way Jared Goff is going to be able to create enough points to win the game. He proved that last week against San Francisco. Bears, plus five and a half. Both of you guys are, are pushing, you know, low scoring points here. Unders, over unders at forty five. Push that under everybody. Yeah. I, I I definitely agree with that one. That might honestly be the best bet of that game is under forty five, yeah. to be honest. Yep. All right, so we are here with the fun aspect. I mean, at least my favorite part of the uh the podcast. Even though I'm in third place, I think that's some bullshit here. But we are here with our fantasy drafts. We have got Puddles on the IR this week, but don't you worry. We got his picks. We'll be making them for rounds one through five. But before we get into that and before we go to Cadell for that first pick, we got to look at, at what happened last week. Man, 
Jordan took the W here. Uh, you know, big, big, big points Let's from Kyler. Go. 29. Derek Henry almost put up 40 points. If it wasn't for them, he'd be he'd be down with puddles at the bottom there. Um, so Jordan took that W with 90.92 points. I came in second, 20 points below, uh, 70.12. Eddie was right there behind me at 68.88 and puddles... Puddles was puddles. Uh, he had he had another fifty nine point day. Um, so this week we've got our first pick going to Puddles. Let's take it to Goodell with the first pick. All right, and I'm, I'm going to be making these these choices for him. I guess we got right. our number one pick, Mahomie, Patrick Mahomes. All right. Eddie, you've got second pick. Who are you going with? All right. So, you know, Jordan's been winning a lot with Kyler. I'm going to steal that from him to start the draft. And we're going with Kyler Murray uh, with my first pick. Great pick. All right. I, I said if I was if I didn't win last week, I was going to take all the Buffalo Bills. So let's <laughs> see if I go that route. I'm, I'm starting it off with my first pick, Josh Allen. <laughs> No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> They're playing the Jets. <laughs> and so I'm going to take Aaron Jones with my first pick going against a terrible bottom of the league, Houston Texans against the run. They just got tore up by Derrick Henry. I took Derrick Henry last week. I'm following it up, Aaron Jones. Second round, I'm taking one of the top receivers in the league right now going up against an Arizona team where I think it's going to be a shootout. I like DK Metcalf. Let's do it. All right. So with the second pick, I'm going to the Buffalo Bills for a running back. No, uh, Singletary sucks. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go with Kamara here uh, for my running back. And I agree with Jordan that the uh, Seahawks Cardinals is going to be a shootout. So I'm double dipping here. And I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins for my wide receiver. All right, and at the end of round two, we got James's pick. I mean, he's a Kansas City man, so we're going to go Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and, uh, James, you get the first pick of the uh, third round, and uh, we're going running back here. Unfortunately, not going uh, Kansas City. We're going to go Ronald Jones. And uh, to continue with my fire that I felt for the Raiders uh, coming up this week, we're going with Josh Jacobs. It's the first time I've picked a Raider uh, in my fantasy draft. And uh, I'm going to just see if he can break that uh, Buccaneers defense. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go tight end here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick my main man, uh, Mr. Kittle. He he always puts up at least seven to ten catches, so we'll, we'll get me some some yards. Man, I think you guys took two guys going against tough matchups. So I think True. this uh it's gonna be another W for your boy here. So let's nope. just tack on some more points. Hunter Henry, uh, you know, Herbert likes to seems to like to go to him, especially in the red zone. I like I like Henry as my tight end. Round four, we're gonna swing it back and I'm gonna take my kicker off the board. I think this is gonna be a close game. I think there's gonna be a lot of fuel goals involved. Let me get Robbie Gold for the Niners. 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for a comeback game here. Uh, last week was garbage, um, but uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna step that up. So I am going to be taking with my fourth round pick, Devonte Adams. And because I just can't get away from Kansas City, we're gonna go with Travis Kelsey. Very nice. I'm sure James was saying "damn it" because he loves those Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. But uh, for his uh, his tight end pick. Yeah, my main man, uh, Higby. Uh, and man, to bring it back around, again. yeah, to bring it back around um, in in official Puddles manner, um, Jaguars kicker, whoever the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm right? Right? It's, it's pretty accurate. Uh, it's like their All fifth right. one in four weeks. And shit. Right. John, John Brown, okay. Right. okay. He's, uh, he's got a name. So... To finish it off, just going with another kicker. We're going to go. I can't pronounce his first name, and I don't want to make it sound offensive. So we're just going to say Koo from Atlanta. That's that's a good pick. That's who I was going to pick right here. But since you took that one, I'm going to go Detroit and uh, go Pratter. Nice, and I'll finish it out, and I will take Russell Wilson. Hoping for that double dip with DK. All right, let's head into best bets. My former favorite segment of the week. I don't like it no more because I'm 0-2, 4-4 on the year. So at least, you know, I'm not totally a loser like some of you guys. (laughs) But last week I gave you guys uh, Browns plus 3.5. That was an absolute terrible bet. That was awful. I'll, I'll take the L for that. And I gave you guys Texans. I should... And I gave you guys Texans plus four and a half, which looked like a winner until it went to overtime and they gave up a touchdown, which is very rare in the NFL in overtime. So we got to take that bad beat loss. It's all right. We're going to bounce back this week. Puddles, he was 0-1 last week. He gave you guys the Packers minus two and a half. That was a loss. He is 4-2 on the year. Steady Eddie, he gave you guys the Rams minus three and a half. That was a loss. But... He gave you guys Kansas City on Monday, minus three and a half. That was a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Two and five on the year, though. Two and five, Eddie. Two and five. Mr. Big Balling, he also went one and one. He needed a win desperately. My man over here was just chugging along last place. He gave you guys the Ravens minus seven, which also looked like a winner until the end. That is a loss. Then he gave you guys Kansas City minus three and a half on Monday. That was a winner. Two and six on the year, Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson. So we're going to start off with you and your best bets for the week. Oh, man. I uh, I hate looking up at you guys because, you know, damn, that's not pretty. Uh, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna get two good winners right here this week. Uh, pop it up to four and six. Uh, getting closer to that 500. But, uh, man, Cordae really got me on the Eagles. So I'm going to take Philly this week at 
four and a half point underdogs, uh, excuse me, four and a half point favors. Um, they turned their game around last week, and I think they just start a winning streak uh, this week, like I said earlier, four games. Um, I mean, Giants, they've, they've had a tough time scoring. Daniel Jones, just he isn't a threat with three touchdowns and six interceptions. You know, I, I don't think the offense puts up more than 10. Um, you know, and I think Wentz kind of handles the ball a little bit better so that defense doesn't put up too many points. So I'm going to go Eagles, four and a half points. And uh, for this second bet, I mean, it, we're going to go Bills at 13 and a half. Um, you know, 13 and a half is normally high in my standards, but they're playing the Bills. Uh, I'm sorry, they're playing the Jets. And... Uh, Man, let's let's be real. It's the 0-16 Jets. So uh, Bills took that tough loss against Kansas City. So I'm looking for them to come back strong. Uh, I mean, Darnold is questionable. And, I mean, who's your backup, Flacco? That's just trash right there. Uh, but it doesn't matter who plays because they don't have any support on the offense or the defensive side. So anyone against the Jets um, happens to be Bills this week. So Bills at 13 and a half points. Nice. Hopefully that's two winners. We'll soon Better find be. out. Mr. Steady Eddie, where are you going this week? Yeah, Daniel Jones sucks. Uh, so for Facts. my uh, best bets here, we got to start that winning streak as well. We got the we got one game in a row. Now we got to make it two games in a row. We're going to take the first over under in APR recording history. We're going to go with the Steelers <laughs> Titans at over 51 and a half. Uh, both teams averaging over 30 points a game. I feel like it's pretty easy, but every time I say that, I lose. So we're just going to say it's a. am a confident better this week. And I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to go with the Raiders plus three. Um, I'm still thinking that the Raiders are going to win this game. I, They have to win, to be honest, to kind of solidify themselves as a contender. So we're going to go Raiders plus three. Nice, man. I, since you are taking the Raiders plus three, this isn't my best bet, but I'm definitely going to fade that because every time <laughs> you're confident in the Raiders, they lose. So I actually am starting to really like that Buccaneers game. Oh, no, no, no. But it's going to happen, dude. Raiders are winning that game. <laughs> we'll, we'll soon find out. All right. My two best bets of the week. I'm going Packers minus three against the Texans coming off a bad loss versus the Buccaneers. The Texans are a dog shit defense, bottom of the league, 29th, and they're dead last against the run. I expect Aaron Jones to have a big day. Aaron Rodgers is going to get back on his feet. I love the Packers here, minus three. Let's lock it up. My second best bet, I'm taking the Bears, Rams under 45. This is two teams that have played uh, every single season for the last three years. All three matchups have gone under 36. The average margin of victory is by less than a touchdown. Neither team averages over 22 points in the series. I love the Bears Rams under 45. I also expect this line to move up. It's a lot of money being put on the over at 45. So I expect this to actually close around 46, 47. So take the under now under 45. And then on Sunday, take the under again. Let's lock it up. 
Nice. All right, I like those bets, boys. Uh, and man, that was that was a great podcast. Uh, definitely a long one. But uh, thank you all for listening to the Annexation of Puerto Rico podcast. That's APR for short. Make sure to check out the website at www.taproomsportspodcast.com/apr and check out all of our individual picks for each and every game of the week. Don't forget to stop by and sub- subscribe to Taproom underscore Sports on Twitter at Taproom Sports Podcast for Instagram and the Taproom Sports Podcast Facebook page. All right, now that we got all that out of the way, it's time. Jordan, you kind of blew us out of the water this week, and I mean, if it wasn't for King Henry's two twelve and uh, two TDs, I'd be talking figure skating right now. But uh, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Um, it's on you, man. Your minute starts now. All right. I've been like flip-flopping about what I wanted to use my minute on for this week. So I decided I got to talk about Dexter. Showtime's bringing Dexter back after one of the worst (laughs) endings in any series history. Uh, so I don't know what to expect. I hope they come back and they redeem themselves for that shitty ass ending. Dexter is like one of my top three favorite shows of all time, so I am stoked to have it back. Showtime, do not let me down. I'm out. Man, that was uh, that was not where I thought you were going. But um, two times you've had a facts. minute to talk, and neither time you've talked about football. Facts. <laughs> hey, all I right. get to talk about whatever I want to talk about. The damn That's straight. What happens. Yeah. If you want to talk about football in your minute, then beat me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We got some good fantasy picks. We got some good best bets. And that was that. Make sure to uh, check out the Taproom Sports Podcast with Jordan and I. Always dropping for that Monday morning commute. We got Steady Eddie. We got Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks, lads. And I am Big Ballin' Ben Larson. We'll see you next week. Go vote. Peace.